Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. It's a joy to have you with us today. Pastor Ed leads Fellowship Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In today's message, the focus is on sound communication, diving into the dynamics where many rush to say, I do, only to find themselves swiftly uttering, "Uh, I quit. This program is just a glimpse of what Pastor Ed has to offer. From global missions to his latest inspirational books and daily devotionals, there's something for everyone. You can find all of this and more at edyoung.com. And here's an exclusive offer for our listeners today. Download a free chapter of Pastor Ed and Lisa's newest book, A Path Through Pain, at edyoung.com. With refreshing vulnerability and power, A Path Through Pain shares their family's journey from sorrow and anger to hope and healing after the tragic and sudden loss of their daughter. As they share their incredible perspective, they will inspire and equip you to believe that there is purpose in your pain, even if you can't see that purpose yet. Now, let's get into today's message. Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. Thank you so much for being here today. We're talking about communication in marriage. And if you're single or if you're a student, if you're talking to someone, if it's official, if you're dating, whatever you want to say, this is a this is a very important topic because Communication, obviously, but just think about it for a second, will take your entire life and you have your entire marriage to work out communication and the challenges of communication. So as we're in this series, The Seven Senses of Marriage, we're talking about communication today, speaking and hearing. So as you said, if you're single, um, if you're a student, communication is a part of everything we do. And so when you practice good communication when you're young, you tend to carry that with you as you grow older and then hopefully perfect it as the days roll off the calendar. Is that exactly. right? Exactly. And many people here, Lisa, are in different situations. Some of you really are struggling with communication. It's been a struggle in our marriage, even though that's what I do for a living. It's not been easy for the last 40 years to always communicate tactfully, timely, lovingly. I've I've been reading and, and talking, as Lisa has as well. We've talked to a lot of great Christian counselors, a lot of pastors, a lot of marital experts. And basically, there, there are four areas where we tend to have discussions or, or arguments. The, the first I want to talk about is, is the social issues. Like maybe one is more social than the other. You might think, well, okay, that's not a big deal. It is though, Lisa, because all of a sudden you can get into those conflicts about, let's say I want to have someone over, or I want to do this, and you're like, no, and then I'm like, yeah, if you would just be more social. I think in our relationships, the social aspect is not so much about the hospitality of inviting people into our homes, because you and I are about equal on that. What I've, I was about to say what I get frustrated with, but that would not be appropriate. Say it. <laughs> okay. All right. I will. Thank you for the permission. Uh-huh. Um, but Ed will talk to anyone. 
at any time, anybody. If we're flying on an airplane, the person sitting next to him, or it could be even across the aisle. Oh, I like your shoes. Tell me about your shoes. Or we go into a store. He's going to have a conversation that's going to last and last. And last. And Meanwhile, sometimes you'll be like, let's which, go. And I'm like, I know, I'm, I'm getting into a good conversation. Invariably, it ends up being a very positive thing. The conversation breaks the ice, kind of allows for deeper conversation. So I, but that's just not the way I roll. I am, I am the one who goes into the store, gets what I need, and I'm back out because I've got other things to do. So to anyway, me, it's an me. adventure going to the store. He, it's an adventure for him. But anyway, but, but social. I'm telling you, hey, hey, kids. Newlyweds, those of us who've been married 40 years, this will be a constant issue. 69%, and this sounds like a depressing number, but it's not. 69% of all issues in marriage are redundant. In other words, you're not going to solve them. Lisa's not going to change me into an introvert. It's not going to happen. No. And I'm not going, going to change her into this loud, <laughs> laughing, asking people questions, joking around no. a lot or whatever person. So although, to, although I have learned. And I've learned. I've learned. I've learned to be a little bit more engaging because mm -hmm. sometimes I can actually come across a little rude if I. And you're you know, basically an. Trying to Lisa is an introvert at heart. At heart. She I really am. is. And some people are like, oh, no way. Well, she is. I am. And I'm an extrovert. That's a shocker. I know for a lot of people. Okay, so the social aspect. So, is one. but let me tell you this though: where you're strong, I need to lean into that. She's strong at being organized, at being methodical, at, at those things. So I should lean into that, and I've learned a ton. Just like hopefully. I'm loud, storytelling, talking to people. She leans into that's that. Right. That's and that's right. what the Bible says about oneness becoming one. Another issue that you're going to deal with is, and this sounds just trite, but it's uh, tremendously big. I'm talking about household chores. Now, I love household chores. I am Mr. <laughs> DIY. I've never met a project I didn't like. Lisa, on the other hand, is more late. She's a little bit lazy. She likes to sit around <laughs> and sip, I don't know, espresso and eat bonbons while I'm doing all the work around. Um, so anyway, since the, we always tell the it's truth on the stage. not true. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but that's one of the things that yes. we have to communicate. Recently, um, one of the communication sticking points is that we have, um, we have a Great Dane puppy and a Maltese puppy. You know, so. we always talk about dogs, but we I love know. dogs. But I, I, I feed the Maltese in the morning and I get the food out. I use one section of the counter because that's why I would, you know, you only have to clean that one little section. So we do everything here. And you put the dry food in, you add a little bit of the moist food, and then you put it down for her and give her water and all of that, watch her eat, and then you're done. And of course, you're going to put the can back in, the top back on of the food. And Ed has a different method. And he begins with um, the dry food at this part of the counter. And then he thinks, well, why not go over here and do the wet food over this side and mix that up? And, you know, maybe I'll just um, put it on this side of the but counter. But I've seen Gordon Ramsay do that. <laughs> yeah, Gordon Ramsay doesn't feed our dogs. So, anyway. 
Little things like yeah. that just can get under my skin. And how do I communicate with him about it? And so, we have to work those things out. Yes, we're, we are working those things out. So yes, what's the next one? Keep going. One, I don't like Another this one. one. You're going to have um, um, fights, conflicts over this one. Parenting. I was talking to a great friend of mine who is a wonderful marriage and counseling therapist, Dr. Jonathan Koo, just yesterday. And Jonathan and I were talking about when you look at couples with teenage kids, their level of marital satisfaction plummets. But, he was telling me, if you do some things we're going to talk about over the next several weeks, it will, it will soar. Yeah, and even today, communication-wise, yes. because what happens basically when you get married? When Ed and I first started dating, it started with a phone call. And it continued with phone calls. And the calls. communication was easy, too. It was too. easy. It just, the phone would ring, and I mean, I would be out of breath running to the phone to grab it. And talk for like today. hours. I remember we, I had a, a swing in my bedroom. It was one of these wicker screens, uh, swings, and everything is retro. It comes back, because now they're selling them at every store. I had the original. And so I would sit in that swing, and I could talk to Ed for hours. In fact, my mom or my dad would have to come in and say, Lisa's time for bed, tonight's school night whatever. We could just talk. The communication is how it started. But somehow along the way, we get busy. And especially when you add children into the mix. Oh, even, wow. even the birth of a child yes. creates a barrier for communication. That's why the date night is so important. So that you build in margin, build in space for communication. So different stages along the way can become barriers for communication. And you have to anticipate these stages and know these stages can be absolutely amazing. It's not negative. You just have to understand, okay, this is a conflict. This is a barrier. This is something that we really have to work through. Now, the, the, the other issue that, that we deal with in marriage is sex. This is a shocker, I know, for the young people. Rarely are both of you equally in the mood. Again, if you're on some vacation in Cabo, I understand. But as far as after the honeymoon, I mean, it, it doesn't always happen the way it does in the movies. <laughs> so you need to communicate about these things. Yeah, you Basi do. Basically, communication is about the exchange of information, it's about affirmation, and it's about confrontation. So we thought we would unpack today some of the basics for conflict resolution, for confrontation through communication, but doing that in the proper way. But before we begin even getting into that, because if we just talk about, okay, here are some helpful hints that we've learned, or here's some things that we can do, why not watch Dr. Phil or read some self-help book? Well, we have, a much deeper and bigger power than that. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of God. The gospel yep. gives us the sauce, the juice to do what we're talking about because the first thing we have to understand is when it, when it, when it comes to God, we have to settle our conflict with God. That's right. We have to settle that with God. The Bible says in Romans 5.10, while we were God's enemies, I was born as an enemy at war with God. We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. God saw this conflict. He sent Jesus to pay the price on Calvary to rise again, thereby giving us the opportunity to be reconciled to God through Christ. 
The gospel gives us the power. So whenever I'm in a conflict with Lisa, whenever she's in a conflict with me, first thing I have to do is take it to God. And if I'm spending time with him regularly, all of a sudden I, I am, am commanded and I am energized, even though I don't feel like it, to reconcile the relationship. That, that's one of the great things that Ed and I found through both of us reading the chronological Bible together because we were literally on the same page. And we both do our quiet time in the mornings or read our Bible in the mornings early. And so we start the day with that foundation. And so that makes it easier for when there's an issue, for when there's something you want to deal with, to, to pray about it first before you, you know, throw it at, right. the, at your spouse. And if you think too, Lisa, about how God communicates to us in such a, a mm -hmm. perfect fashion through so many different ways, so many different word pictures, we're simply taking that and, and living that out. So when you look at the cross, there's a vertical aspect to it and also a, a horizontal aspect. But it, it, seems like, aspect. it seems like prayer is the last thing that we do before we enter into a confrontation. Mm -hmm, it just, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't, it's not our first go-to thing. You know, the Bible says too in Ephesians 4 that we, we should not let any unwholesome words or comments we shouldn't let any of that stuff emerge from our mouths. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We're halfway through today's incredible message, and we hope it's been an inspirational part of your day. As we pause for a moment, we want to thank you for joining us and for your continued support. This ministry, focused on sharing the gospel, is possible because of listeners like you. As a token of our gratitude for supporting The Creative Connection, we have a special gift for you. We'd love to send you a complimentary copy of Pastor Ed and Lisa Young's newest book, A Path Through Pain. This is a powerful book they wrote after the sudden death of their oldest daughter, Lee Beth. They share profound truth that even in the darkest moments, pain and joy can coexist. To receive your free copy, visit edyoung.com. It's our way of saying thanks for your gift to help take the hope of Jesus to people around the world. And if today's message has touched your heart, consider supporting us. Your contributions, no matter the size, help us continue spreading God's word and bring hope to many. Visit edyoung.com to learn how you can make a difference. Now, let's continue with today's message. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. Let's go through some things, Lisa, that, that we've learned, that we've observed, things that we do after we say I do, and things that we don't do after we say I do. And I call this sound communication, ears and your mouth. And the book of James tells us that we're to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Two ears, one mouth, we should listen twice as much as we speak. The first one, here's what you don't do. Don't ignore your pulse rate. 
If you feel that your pulse right now, Ed, Ed knows his pulse probably without even putting his fingers on, on the pulse. He just has that intuitive sense of his body. I can feel my body. heartbeat. He can feel his heartbeat. It's I weird. can't, but I can know when the temperature's rising. And that means that my emotions are taking over. If your pulse rate is above 90, or in Ed's case, maybe above 100, then you have just uh, become totally influenced, or most influenced by your emotions. You can't reason anymore. You, you can't reason. I mean, that's a known physical fact. It's your, the way your body is connected to God your emotions. So if you are in one of those states where you just are getting angrier and angrier and angrier, back up. Because that's not the time you need to be communicating. That's not the time that you need to be articulating your emotions to your spouse. Back up, let your heart rate calm, and then proceed. Here's something else. Don't use absolutes. Like never say never, never say you always. And I think we, we know that. Yet in the heat of the moment, we like to throw out those absolutes. Now this is just something to consider. Phrases. Do you think it's more of a female thing to use absolutes yes. or a male thing? I think it's what? more of a female. I'll, yeah, I'll just is. say that. It it, that's more of a temptation. And this for next me. one, I think, is definitely, definitely more female, female because yeah. you have to be a lot smarter than a man to to keep up with the history. Don't get historical, not hysterical. Well, that too. Don't get historical. If you go historical, you usually become hysterical. At least that's my case. But I can remember things. I mean, we might be talking about an issue, but I can remember things from a long time ago. And it's unfair and to bring that up. It really it is. It's very unfair. Okay, we'll answer that one in a minute. Yeah. How about this don't name call? That's mm -hmm. more me. I, I tend to imitate and uh, sing and joke around. You know, you're not supposed to say, you're acting just like your father or him to me. You're acting just like your mother. It's a temptation because guess what? We are going to act I mean, like our parents. That's, that's a big temptation. Okay. Here's another one. Don't going. threaten. No. The How D do you, word. Yeah. Uh, if you do this, I'm I'm walking out. I'm leaving. If you do this, now obviously Ed has talked about some of the grounds for divorce. We know that, and we're going to be talking about that next time. But to threat, to constantly threaten, because what you do is you minimize uh, the the severity of what you're going through. If you're always threatening, if you're always threatening, it it kind of decaffeinates. Yes, it does. The subject that you're trying to deal with. Plus, there's no resolve. You're saying, I'm done. You're saying, I don't care anymore, so I'm not gonna work on this. And that's your issue, not the issue of your spouse. Your willingness to quit so easy mm -hmm. is your issue. Don't score keep. Do you and I do that? No, we don't really score no, keep. Because you, I mean, your, your record is like <laughs> 4,321 <laughs> arguments won, mine, uh, I maybe have won three or something. Yeah. So. I don't know. We just don't tend to, I can't, I can't remember well enough to yeah. keep up like that. I mean, I, re, I can remember the history of an argument, but I can't remember oh, here's, who won here's, what. Here's the last one of this negative, and, this and then we're going to go one. positive. Don't correct. Now, men, women, we love to correct our spouses when they're telling a story or saying something, you know, oh, no, it wasn't 14, it was 15. 
And it I, wasn't in Mexico. I, it was in Belize. And I was really, you know, really bad at this. Give me a break. We, I was bad at this when we were first married until we started realizing, okay, this counseling, whatever, it yes. came into play. And I learned my lesson. But I will tell you, when I'm sitting on the front row right here in Grapevine or at any other campus and Ed's telling a story... Sometimes in my head, I'm like, but it was da-da-da-da, and it was, no, it wasn't that year. It was the year before, and in my head, I'm doing that. But what difference does it make? First of all, I'm not going to run up on the stage and say, honey, excuse me, you have those facts wrong. (laughs) But basically, when your spouse is telling a story or in a conversation, they're on a stage, and you're not supposed to correct them. It's just, it's demeaning. And then sometimes Lisa will be telling a story and I'll be like, oh man, that was so funny, but she didn't say the funny <laughs> She missed stuff. the punchline. She didn't say it and I want to say it because I like hey, funny stuff. And- as an introvert, be thankful I was telling a joke. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> but the Bible says in Proverbs 15, 1, again, this is living out the gospel, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words cause Quarrels. Now we're going to talk about what we do. Do understand your communication style and your conflict resolution style and, yeah. and what you grew up with. We've kind of talked about yeah. it already and how that plays into and it. And that was, that was uh, what was very helpful about seeking um, counseling, Christian counseling, because it helped me understand how conflict was resolved or conflict was dealt with poorly in my home. And just my family, my mom, I've shared this before, she struggled with depression. So often she had an attitude of giving up, walking away, walking out. And so a lot of times I would tend to shut down because of that. Rather than deal with it, just shut down and think, oh, well, this is just the way it is. It wasn't that I was threatening divorce. It wasn't that I was even thinking that way, but shut down. So you have to recognize those things that were good about your family of origin and those things that were not good about your family of origin and how they communicated. And then see the style of your spouse. Respect is the basis. It's the foundation of communication because... Genesis says, we, in the book of Genesis, it says we become one flesh. So if I am disrespectful to Ed, I'm really being disrespectful to myself. We are one flesh. So if I intend to hurt him with my words, to, mm-hmm. to cause harm with my words, then I'm causing harm to myself. Respect is the foundation. I'm going to tell you another dog story because we've had so many dogs our entire lives. But I, I called a bull mastiff breeder years ago, and this woman answered the phone. She's like... Hello. I go, hi, I'm calling about your, your puppies for sale. Oh, yes, we have 17 bull mastiff puppies for sale. And oh, there's Lulu, there's mommy. She's so cute. How are you? Just one second, my husband wants me. What do you want? I'm on the phone trying to sell a dog. Anyway, uh, I would love for you to come down and see. I'm thinking like. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Give respect. Tell, tell me your philosophy. This is a great story, Lisa, about why women love dogs more than men. Why women are usually the dog breeders. This is interesting. Okay. Well, unconditional love. You're totally in control um, of their schedule in life. Crate them when they're disobedient. Have, play with them when they're not disobedient. It's just, I'm pretty sure that's about it. <laughs> we love dogs. 
folks. Okay. Is it true sometimes you put me in the crate no, with our great no, day? No, no. Okay. I've thought about it, but I yeah, haven't done thought, it. Okay. okay no. How about this last one? Last one. Do, do compliment publicly and privately, yes. Lisa. The greatest compliment that Ed gets is from me. No I, doubt. No, no one can compliment him and have it mean more than me. And nobody can compliment me more than Ed and have it mean more. He just, we are to build each other up, to affirm. It's one of the greatest, that's your, I would say that's one of your love languages is affirm, words of affirmation. Yes. And it's so important to compliment in public. Don't contradict in public, compliment in public. Thank you for being with us today on The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We hope this message has empowered you to stand firm in your faith and to shepherd your family with wisdom and courage. Your role is pivotal in nurturing a God-honoring environment, and it's our prayer that you would feel supported and equipped in this journey. Your support is so important in helping us share the gospel of Jesus with a hurting world. As a token of our gratitude, we're offering you a free copy of A Path Through Pain by Pastor Ed and Lisa Young. Visit edyoung.com to claim your book and learn more about how you can support Ed Young Ministries. Mark your calendars for next time as we dive deeper into Pastor Ed Young's series, Seven Senses of Marriage. Together, we'll navigate the journey of cultivating an all-in, full-on marriage that can withstand the test of time and troubles. The upcoming message will center around being anchored, exploring how we can not only weather the waves, but thrive in them. Don't miss this discussion on building resilient and thriving marriages. Stay connected with us at edyoung.com for more great content and ways for you to be part of what God is doing through the Creative Connection. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.